get ready for a transformation. But in this kingdom, we start growing. We are replacing those carnal thoughts with the word of God. Our minds are renewed to the word of God. At that time, glory, glory, glory. So when we are speaking, we are speaking from knowledge. Or you wake up and say, Hey, Bunga fish, Angari. Glory to God. I took it in the dream. I will never take it in life. In the name of Jesus. Say, I'll never be poor. Ah! Jesus Christ. Pay attention to everything I'm going to show you. Another life-changing moment with Apostle Peters. Alright, so, the seven callings of a Christian. I want you to understand, first of all, that there, there are different callings. There is the calling that is general. There is the calling that are specific. And yet, there are callings into offices. Okay, for instance, in the book of Ephesians chapter number 4, reading from the 11th verse into the next few verses, the Bible reveals that some are called to be apostles, others prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors. These are offices, and we also understand from the scriptures that there are other offices apart from these five pivotal, what we call pivotal uh, ministries okay so these are specific call special calls from god god has called some people to do something to fulfill something for him not because those people pray that god should call them but because it's god's choice it's god's choice he's the creator of the whole world and he has the rights to choose okay what he wants so he chose to call some people that way however there are others who may not have the same kind of calling in the in other words um, that kind of calling in that category but they are also called some of them are called in the house of god to be givers some are called to be supporters some are called to be helpers and so on and so forth different callings but in all of these the bible reveals that every child of god is called every child of god is called every child of god has a calling unto god First Corinthians chapter number 7. Let me read a few scripture first. First Corinthians chapter number 7. And I'm reading from the 17th verse. It says, But as God had distributed to every man, as the Lord had called everyone, as the Lord had called everyone. When he says to every man, it means every man among us. He's talking about Christians. This letter was written to Christians, not to the whole world. So, when he says every man, don't think everybody in the whole world. He's talking about every Christian. As the Lord has called everyone, so let him walk. As the Lord has called everyone, so let him walk. And so, ordain I in all churches. Is any man called being circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. You know what Paul is referring to as call here? Yeah? He thinks, by the Spirit of God, that when you are born again, you have answered your call. You were called. So he says, if you were called, being circumcised, he was just talking. In other words, if you came into Christ being circumcised, let him not be uncircumcised. Is there any called in uncircumcision? Let him not be circumcised. In other words, if the guy was not um, circumcised before he came into Christ, let him not think it's a big deal for him to be circumcised first and so on, to become right with God. That's what he's trying to say. Okay. 
Alright. Circumcision is nothing and non-circumcision is nothing. But the keeping of the commandment of God. Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Glory to God. And thou called being a servant, maybe you're serving when you were called uh, maid or something or whatever, care not for it. But if thou mayest be but if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. Likewise also, he that is called, being free, is Christ's servant. Hallelujah. So he's talking about the fact that every child of God is called. And who called us? Jesus did. Jesus called us. A few more scriptures. Romans chapter number 1. Among whom, Romans chapter number 1, reading from the 6th verse. Among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ? Ye are the called of Jesus Christ. Say, I'm the called of Jesus Christ. That was interesting. <laughs> oh boy, I love that. Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8. Reading from the 28th verse. Romans chapter number 8, reading from the 28th verse says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. So who are those to whom all things work together for their good? Those who are the called. And who are these who are the called? Children of God. The children of God are the called of God. He says for them all things work together for their good. Glory to God. And now, no, 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 no. There is a, I understand there is a lower interpretation of this. Some people means that uh, all things work together for your good. Means that um, if something bad has happened, they say uh, it, will, it will turn out for my good. That's a good one too. That's one side of it. But that's not it. That's even the lowest one. The real thing means that for a Christian, everything always fits together, move together. Do you understand? Operates together just to produce good for you. Do you get it? So that one is greater than this lesser truth. But also, as a Christian, if something evil has happened, it will still turn out for your good because God is with you. Do you get it? Alright. So, then he says, For whom he did for know, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That he... Oh, sorry, I so Did you see that revelation? Big revelation in that place. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called. Say, predestination is at work in me. So that means we were predestinated. He said, those of us that were predestinated, he also called. And whom he called, then he also justified, have been justified. Hey! And then he also... Did you see that one? Then he also glorified. Well, I want to stop there. Let me leave that place. So I won't just take off from that place because powerful scripture we just read there. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Did you know that what we just read says that we were born to, we were predestinated to be conformed to the image of Christ. Alright, so, one more scripture anyway. Before I start telling you these seven callings, all right, one more scripture, First Corinthians chapter number one, 
written from the 24th verse. But unto them, First Corinthians chapter number 1, written from the 24th verse, 24th verse. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren. Did you notice it? He says, brethren. That means every one of us. You see your calling, brethren. How that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. You see, God didn't call those who are so educated. And say only those that I'm calling to myself are those who are really, really educated. Look for them. He says not many. He doesn't say some of them are not called. He says not many of them are called. You see, because their education will not permit them. That's why you see the professor of philosophy argue with you about God. The education will not permit him to accept what you're saying. He doesn't. He thinks Christianity is a religion. He thinks you can decide to put religion in what you're doing. Otherwise, you can be on your own. He says not many of them are called. But we know that every child of God is called of God. And you know, God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. <laughs> Another day's talk. Now, the seven callings of every Christian. I shouldn't say the seven callings. I should say seven callings of every Christian, of a Christian. Because there are more than seven. I just want to pick out seven out of them. Okay. A Christian is called to be a saint. We are called to be saints. Have you ever heard them say, I'm not a saint, though. I'm not a saint. We are saints of God. If you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse 2, quick opening. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse 2. It says, Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. So who is a saint? Sanctified ones. That means I've been sanctified in Christ Jesus. Sanctified, called to be saints. Did you see that? So yeah, that's why I told you. Yeah, you'll be hearing some nasty rubbish singing. The nobody be saying to and you two you are dancing it. The guy is just being realistic. Nobody is a saint. He's not being he's being ignorant. You see, we don't talk like that. We are saints of God. Called to be saints. With all that in Every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Say, I'm the saint. I'm the saint of God. Romans chapter number 1, verse 7. Romans chapter number 1, verse 7. It says, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say, Well, 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 well. What does that mean? Doesn't it mean that saints are the perfect ones? Ephesians chapter number 4. You say, you know, when you say somebody is a saint, they think that you're saying somebody is perfect. Ephesians chapter number 4. Reading from the 11th verse. He says, And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints. That means the saints are not perfect. What do you think? I can't say for the perfecting of the saints if the saints are already perfect. That means those that are called saints are not actually perfect. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the perfecting of the saints, so that the saints can do the work of the ministry, so that the body of Christ can be edified, built. That's what that verse just simply means. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, the word perfect there actually does not mean 
like you're so perfect you draw a square or you draw a circle with your hand and it's just so perfect. You know where you have become perfect where you use your hand to draw a square or a right angle and everything is just perfect or a circle and say, whoa, that's not what it means. Is the Greek word teleos, which means mature. It means growing onto maturity. That's what it's talking about. When you have mature in the things of God. So that means the saints are not mature. Interesting. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So when you call yourself a saint next time, be bold about it. Who made you saint? God! I was on my own when he called me saint. And he cannot lie. And according to him, those ones that are called saints are the sanctified ones. What does it mean to be sanctified? I will talk to you about it shortly. It simply means to be made holy. It's the same Greek word used for sanctified that is used for holy in the scriptures. I will get there shortly. But back, back, back. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter number 13. One more scripture there. And that's what I want to give you now. Second Corinthians chapter <laughs> number 13. Reading from verse 10. There are many scriptures in the, in the Bible that shows that we are saints. But I, I just want to stop here. Verse 13 says, All the saints salute you. All the saints salute you. Come on, salute somebody beside you. <laughs> As they say it. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. Glory to God. Do you know it's only Jesus that does us this way? Only Jesus will make somebody who looks irrelevant, unimportant, and Jesus will say, you are important. Only Jesus treats us like this. In the world, they say, you. Everybody is talking, you too, you are talking. You better go and see that. You even think you are really important. You think you are special. Jesus doesn't talk like that. Jesus thinks, and what he thinks matters the most. And that's the truth. Let God be true and every man a liar. Jesus thinks that you're very special. So Jesus looks at you and says, you are special. You are a royal priesthood. Royal priest. That means a king. What do you think? Or from the lineage of a king. Holy nation. Peculiar. Unique, that is. Special. Purchased. Hey! Even your father may talk good about you sometimes, but some other time, mm, this, if I cut her, you have started this thing again. No, Jesus doesn't talk like that. He's calm. He thinks you are still special. He doesn't, he separates you from your actions. And that's what God wants us to do, to separate the sinner from the sin. That's how God deals with us. He separates you from your action. He looks at you in the eyes through Jesus. When he looks at you, he looks at you through Jesus. When he sees you, he sees Jesus' perfection covering you. That's the reason you can stand in front of him with all your dumb actions. And still talk to him and he still accepts you. He still answers your prayer. He still speaks to you with all your dumb actions. Oh, I'm loved of God. No greater love than this. That's what the Bible says. No greater love. I love it. I love it. I love it. Called to be saved. Now, number two. We are called to fellowship. Called to fellowship. Seven callings of a Christian. Called to fellowship. This one is big. It's called Biggie. This is the Biggie. First Corinthians chapter number one. Verse nine. 
He says, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ our Lord. My, 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 my. Have you found it? Hmm? The Greek word fellowship there is the Greek word koinonia. Koinonia means Will you catch this thing? You will in Jesus' name. Koinonia means partnership, fellowship, communion, communication. He says you were called unto koinonia, unto communication with God, sharing with God, participation with God. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ our Lord. You know what that means? It's like God is by himself. Then he called you. And says, Victor. And I come and say, yes, sir, sir. Then he says, come. Holds my hand. And say, this is Jesus. I say, yes, sir, yes, sir. He say, I'm hooking you up together. I called you to bring you into oneness. Because that's the word fellowship. Into oneness with him. So you can always communicate with Jesus. You can always fellowship with him. You can always commune with him. Ongoing communion with Jesus. What would that make you? Listen, if you catch this as a revelation, you will not, you will not allow sickness in your life. Because how can you be fellowshipping with Jesus and sickness will still be right there while you are in fellowship with Jesus? You won't permit it. You won't permit evil. You won't permit lack. You know, you throw those things out. Say, get out of my life in the name of Jesus. I reject it in Jesus' mighty name. Why? Fellowship, oneness with Jesus of Nazareth. And do you know who Jesus is? This thing is because you know that all that we're doing, the primary purpose of Christianity, I've told you two things, two reasons. Number one, dominion. Number two, fellowship. That's the primary purpose of Christianity. The, the reason for all this thing we are doing is to have fellowship, oneness with God Almighty. That's just it. Wow. I can never be dull. I can never be unintelligent. We don't reproduce unintelligent beings. Why? We are in fellowship with Jesus. In fellowship with Jesus. I will never be confused in my life. That's why I don't use the word I'm confused. No, I will never be confused. Because I'm in fellowship with Jesus. Jesus says, follow me and you shall walk. You shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You will not walk in darkness, in confusion, in, in darkness. Everything that is of the devil is darkness. Jesus says, when you follow me, you will not walk in darkness. Look at the next thing. Let me show you another scripture. First John chapter number 1. From the third verse, First John. Now, this is not John. This is First John. First Epistle of St. John, chapter number one, the third verse. He says, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also, you see this apostle know that they are already doing it, that ye also may have fellowship with us, so that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father. And with his son, Jesus Christ. 
that which we have seen and heard declared we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus christ he same thing do you know a dear man of god by the name kenesi again was by himself in the room one time having been invited to preach somewhere so they gave him a room and in that room he was there all by himself in that room seated and then he was talking to the holy ghost by himself he was listen you know there are different tongues there are some tongues that you you have told you that several times when you're praying with tongues you're just praying that one is praying you know but there are some that you're talking it's called drinking into like communing with god you're talking to him he's talking back to you okay when you, you're just by yourself you're just if I want to talk to God, I don't want you to hear. I'll just speak with tongues to him. I know what I'm saying. Because I want to pick something. Maybe there's something, but I'm talking to you. I don't want you to hear, to understand what I'm saying. So I just speak with tongues. Okay? And God responds. That's fellowship. Some deeper communion. So this man of God was by himself in his room. Sat down there and was talking to God. Hey, don't say. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Lord. Yes, I got that. Goes that he got it. So you know he was just talking by himself. And then the one that invited him, the man of God that invited him, was passing. <laughs> he wondered if somebody in there was him because he could hear him communicating. He stops and puts it, his ear close to the door. He was hearing somebody talking. Ah, somebody in there was him. Those days were not the days of uh, cell phones. So he thought somebody's sure there with him. And he decided to peep through the hole. And then he saw this man of God seated on the floor with his eyes shut. Was listening to the Holy Spirit. Was talking. Was talking back. Talking. Talking back. Ah! He thought I've seen strange things today. <laughs> Do you know he mentioned it to other pastors later? He said, I saw Brother Hagen. He was sitting on the floor talking to himself. See, I don't understand that kind of communion, that kind of prayer. <laughs> so the man of God to enlighten them. Listen, sometimes we think God is a robot. Even the way we act, always bombarding him. We just want to see everything on our mind. I just have to see everything on our mind. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, let me tell you something. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, wait. This you see, no coming down. No coming down. Now listen, you could be doing that on the outside, but your spirit is listening to the spirit of God because you have to understand God is not a is a master communicator is different that's why you could be in the marketplace and still hear god no matter the noises because he doesn't speak to these ears he speaks to the one your spirit the ears of your spirit okay so you could be shouting like that and still hear god but the point is why you're talking like that and screaming is your mind not always also the same way maybe that's how busy your spirit also is or your mind but when you're praying like that, learn, learn to let your spirit be calm, to pick. Because sometimes what you are praying for may be dangerous for you. But all you want is, that's what I want. Lord, I want it. 
I've told the Lord. I've told the Lord. Have you not heard people say that? I've told the Lord that in the next seven days, it should be done. I've told the Lord. You told the Lord. See your mouth like told the Lord. <laughs> what if God, you could have just listened. What if God is trying to get your attention say, no, 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 no. So that thing may look beautiful, but that's not it. That's not it. That's not But you are not listening. All you you have thought of how the benefits this thing will bring you. How this thing will make you. Ah, 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 ah. So you say, Lord, I want it. You say, good things belong to your children. I want it. And then you start. Listen. The Bible does not say you are called into talking and talking only to God. It says unto fellowship. It's called talking with God. Is a higher realm. Is is higher than the one of the prayer. <laughs> Father, <laughs> Father. No. Learn to listen to God. How do you listen? This year, no. Your spirit. Your spirit. Listen to what he's saying. Sometimes you may have a feeling in your spirit, inside your spirit, not in your head, inside your spirit about something. That's just it. That may just be what you need at that time. The right feeling. The peaceful feeling. You see, I'm going for it. How? I have the peace inside. So we are called on to fellowship. See, I'm called on to fellowship. Number three, called to peace. Called to peace. Called to peace. First Corinthians chapter number seven, reading from the 15th verse. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases. But God has called us to peace. Now, in this case, he's talking about the marriage of a Christian and unbeliever. Now, not a Christian that married an unbeliever. He's talking about an unbeliever that later became a Christian. Why is he's married to an unbeliever? I don't know whether he got that construction. Uh, both of them were unbelievers. They married. But in the course of the marriage, one person became a Christian. So he says, in that case, if that Christian chooses to walk away, he has not sinned. If the, other, if the unbeliever says, I'm leaving, don't hold him back. Say, oh, bye-bye. Okay, he says, there's no problem. He says, why? Because God has called us unto peace. We have to realize that we've been called unto peace. The reason we make peace with others is because we are God's representative on earth to bring peace to our world. That's why we don't, we don't fight chaos, um, chaotic environment. We are there where there is a clamoring. You are there. They say, yeah, these are mama, dad are fighting. And then you are the one at the forefront. You don't stand like this. Such that they even mistake you with others. Okay, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Okay. The highest you could do is to go close to settle the fight. And brother, if you notice they are throwing things, things like stones and the rest, please don't go close from afar. Ah! Stop it! No, Mama, this they don't do so because you see, if they, <laughs> if they hit you something in the head. The Holy Spirit will tell you, oh, son, you acted foolishly. <laughs> but you, Lord, you said we should make peace. Ah, son, I didn't tell you to go close. <laughs> you see, we are called to make peace. There are always people that want to drag us back. Listen, they are not focused. They may even be Christians, but they are not focused. They are not wise enough. 
focus enough. They have not been, they've not been taught enough on how to live the Christian life. And so they will always want to drag you back. Do things that will bring you anger. Do things that will make you... But the Bible says we've been called to peace. So what are you supposed to do? Not that you're foolish. Just maintain peace. You could be very angry. But at the end of it, let it turn out to be peaceful. Because you see, you, you have the right to express your anger. Jesus did. He expressed this. I mean, how, how, how was Jesus not angry when he took Koboko and went into that temple? The Bible revealed that it was, it was angry. All these things have flip sides. There's something called holy anger. I, I guess that one was holy. What do you think? <laughs> the kind of anger that brings out a weep. So he, uh, he came into the temple and said, What are you guys doing here? What? My father's house? Excuse me. Give me one moment. He went to look for Koboko. Came back. Eeps! <laughs> I mean, those guys couldn't. They were outside where they were talking. Ah! Who sent you to do this thing? Jesus said, Come. Just come. <laughs> okay. So, in all of it, just ensure that there is always peace built around you. We've been called on to peace. Make peace with neighbors. Make peace with friends. If they don't want to make it, you make it. Because some of them are not ready. Some of them enjoy fight. They just enjoy that you people should just be at loggerheads. Just, they enjoy it. They enjoy when you, they come out with you and they are singing. They are jealous in me. They are jealous in me. They love it. You know, they like that kind of thing. But no, not you. You're a child of a king. You carry the nature of God. You are just like Jesus, full of love. Not because we are weak. No, love is strong. You are mature. You understand? So he's thinking all the time to give good morning. He's not answering. He said, good morning, I'm greeting you. <laughs> Don't say it the other way. Don't say, good morning, no. <laughs> Why? Because I'm a Christian. I'm just greeting you. Mama, good morning. She still did not answer. Said, it's not your fault. It's because I'm greeting. If not because I'm a child of God, will I have that level? No, you have to say that word. Why? Matthew chapter number 5, verse 9. Look at that. Blessed. Blessed. Say, I'm blessed. blessed. Do you know the Bible says that blessed is the man who's not listening to the counsel of the ungodly. Or sitting in the seat of the scornful. Have you ever read that in your Bible, Psalm 1? He says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law does he meditate day and night. He says, That man is blessed. Do you know what it means to bless? That man is empowered to prosper. Now, the same Greek word can also be translated happy. Because you notice that when you make peace, there is this joy. You just be happy. Just think about you being. I had to look at it with someone for a long period of time. But the day peace comes, even you, you feel peace in your spirit, you just be glad somewhere like, ah, thank God, finally it's settled. Thank God it's gone. Look at it. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Did you notice that in all these things that were listed here, Jesus specifically said, those who make peace shall be called the children of God. It shall be called the children of God. Why? Because it's only God's nature that acts that way. 
that's God's nature. So when somebody is trying to make peace, people around him start notice. They say, uh, "Is it one of them? Is it one of the Christians?" I know like this one is behaving. <laughs> say, "No, no, no, no! I'm not fighting. I just want to make peace. I, I'm sorry." Say, "Ah, maybe he's a born again." No, you see, they begin to. He says, "Not only would they be called children of God here by men, but even in heaven, because that's the nature of God." Angels, we applaud him. Think of your angels all the time you do what you do. Have you ever sat down to think of their reactions? No, have you ever do you know angels react to what you do? You are not seeing them. The time you come to go to make peace, you can imagine your angels. They are, they are going around with you, they are just clapping, say, Wow, this is our boss. Wow. But the day you fight, they say, Ah, who we owe him now? No, send it me. What is it? Ah, the angel said, Ah, <laughs> they are embarrassed. They are seeing the other people's angel that are making me say, please, this is our guy, we don't understand him. <laughs> Call to peace. That's on the flip side. On the other side, let peace always keep your hearts. It doesn't matter in whatever you find yourself, whatever situation, wherever, be full of peace. Some people are not full of peace. The car is running too much. They are troubled. He's going slowly. They are troubled. They are on the study building. They are troubled. Troubled. They are on the lowest floor. They are still troubled. Ask the guy. When you were up there, why were you troubled? Because I might fall down. Okay, when you were down, why were you troubled? Because the thing may collapse on me. You see, the guy is not just peaceful. Not just peaceful. Okay, the car was running too far. Why were you troubled? What if accident happens? Okay, he's going too slowly. Ah, the way he's going too slowly, what if there's something he does from the... You see, he's not peaceful. Some people cannot sleep and sleep well. My goodness, the devil is a monkey. Once I hit my head on the pillow, some people are not, they are not that peaceful. Any little thing, crap. Any little thing, they turn in over. What? You say, but that's not good. Is that good? Must you sleep that much? Well, I resemble Jesus. <laughs> I do. Study about Jesus. Jesus slept in the boat. Water was coming in. He did not wake up. That was a sound sleep. When I sleep, I sleep soundly. Sleep soundly. Ask my wife. They say one dog is parking somewhere. One thing is like, say it happened in the middle of the night. Eh? When did it happen? <laughs> I didn't know. One time I knew somebody woke me up was when one of our neighbors came. Or our neighbor back then came and was knocking on the window. In the middle of the night, knocking on the window, shouting, Hey, fire! Hey! And it was, ah, it pained me. Ah, ah. Let's go out to the We are wicked. And then we got, got out, we discovered it was a small thing. I felt like... <laughs> you see? Let your life be full of peace. Peace in your heart. There are some things that want to come out to trouble your heart. Don't permit them. What does the Bible say? First, Peter. I mean, this is good stuff for you. Mm. Mm. Verse 7, chapter 5. Look at this. 
I believe God is lying, right? What do you think? Is he lying? Is he deceiving us? Let's read it. Let's see if he's deceiving us. Casting all your care upon him. All. All. Excuse me, what is all? All is all. Everything with the exception of nothing. That's all. It means every, every. All your care on him. He tells you the reason. He doesn't say, casting all your care on him. Because he cannot do it too. Casting all your care on him. So that you will not be disappointed. Casting all your care on him. He says, casting all your care on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Think about God Almighty caring for you. You know, sometimes we, we act in unbelief. We just pretend. If, if, if you knew someone who is really rich, who really has money, and the person says anything, just ask him. And then you've tried him one time, he sends you the money. You ask him another time, he sends you the money. And the guy says anything. And you know he has a lot in his estate, in his accounts. And he says anything. You know what you do? You start, you begin to square your shoulders. You're like, there's nothing I cannot get. Why? Because somebody says anything, ask me. That's a human being that may die tomorrow or even change his mind. I say, I'm sorry, um, that was yesterday. Today I changed my mind. But not God. The Bible says with him there is no shadow of turning. He says, casting all your, all. But will God understand my children's school fees? He says all. But are you sure God cares enough to be just more money for that project? He says all. What do you want it to Amplified version. You know, this one can hide it. King James, there's a way they use King James English to hide it. But Amplified, we open it all. Amplified version. First Peter chapter number 5. Now, even from the very word amplified, if you ever had an amplifier, you know what it does. Huh? What does an amplifier do? It magnifies. It increases the tone, the volume. You see, like I'm talking right now, something is increasing my voice. There is a texture under my voice that you may not hear if I'm talking to you without it. But as I'm talking, it picks everything. Everything. That's why some people, when they handle the microphone, it looks like their voice is changed. It's because the speaker, the microphone, will pick everything. The one under that has been hiding, when it's just talking normally, the thing will, it will magnify it. So that's what Amplified does. Alright? The Amplified Bible, we, <coughs> without hiding anything, We'll bring it all out. What was hidden before? We'll show you. Look at it. Amplified version says, Casting the whole of your care. The whole of it. All your anxieties. All your worries. All your concerns. Once and for all. Not, Lord, I cast it today. Then tomorrow you pick it up again. Next time I say, I cast it again. <laughs> no. Don't cast and pick. He says once and for all on him for he causes for he cares for you affectionately. Boy, if I were you, if I didn't have amplified version for this verse, I'll buy one. 
just for this verse. Look at this. He says, For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Affectionately. You know when somebody, have you ever heard God speak to you as if you are the apple of my eye? Specific word. Have you ever heard God say to you, I love you? Specific word like that. How can he say all those to you and you are still worried? He said, I lied to you. Or you didn't hear him. Because how can he say he loves you and yet he's going to watch you suffer? Or watch you be put to shame? The reason why many times when God gives us a word and at the end of it we are still put to shame. The reason why is always because you did not demonstrate faith in him. You were dragging that situation with him all the time. With worry. And worry we short circuit the power of God every time. There's nothing God can do if you don't believe him. I'm being honest to you now. That's why in the scriptures, Jesus could not perform miracles in some places. He tried. It didn't work. Go, go study your Bible. The Bible says he could not there do many mighty works. Why? And the Bible clearly says because of their unbelief. God is the God of faith. He himself is the faith God. So, some things will not work if you don't believe. So you are now saying, eh? ah, but the other time it worked. Now when I ask Dickens uh, so and so to join me in prayer, it might be that Dickens' faith that made it work for you. Because God is a God of faith. He's a God of faith. But when you worry, you paralyze him. When you troubled about something, you make him paralyzed, ineffective. His power cannot flow. Even a man of God, when he's anointed, he still needs the demonstration of faith for that anointing to flow. Some people don't know it. You think we just come out of it? You must demonstrate your faith for what he has put upon you to work. Because that's the deal. He has his own part. You have your own part. You may come out now, you want to teach. When you come out first, you are not feeling anything. No, no anointing to teach. But as a man of God, you are supposed to start in faith. That demonstration of faith, as you start, all of a sudden, you've had people talk like that. The anointing will come on you. Why? Because you've taken the steps of faith. But if you now stay there, ignorance, I stay there, until the anointing comes on me, I will not come up. Until the anointing comes on me, I will not come up. Nonsense. That's unbelief. Glory to God. So you see, when you act like this and you learn to cast your cares like this, you'll be full of peace. You'll be full of peace. When they are saying things, you are just calm. It's like you, you don't even know the gravity of what we are saying. Don't you know the gravity of what we said? You said, eh, yeah, I know, it's okay. And then they're now confused about you. Some of them will tell you, you don't care. No, it's because you are full of peace inside. Just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. Say, I'm full of peace. You want to celebrate the birthday for your son or your daughter, and then you have already announced that the money is not coming forth. Now put Jesus in that shoe. If it were Jesus that wanted to do that, what do you think will happen? You think Jesus will be running that together? Say, ah, please, you have to borrow me money. See, I've used my mouth to say. You think Jesus will do like that? Are you not supposed to act like him? You're supposed to be, ah, he's remaining only three days. Hey, God. Shape will never be my portion. No. <laughs> it will be. Because you are already saying it. You are already acting in fear. 
And you know what? At the end of it, God will not step in. You will do it by yourself. You will start running. You will now borrow money to have it done. After you now do it. Now I say, <laughs> you know, some people comfort themselves. They say, ah, ah, see how God did it. No, it's a lie. You did it. <laughs> because that's not God's way. God is because they should borrow money. Say, see how God did it. Ah, as I just spoke to that woman like this, she just granted me before. He borrowed me, she borrowed me the money. Won't you pay back? No, God is bigger than that. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, God is bigger than that. Glory to God. All right, called into grace. Say grace. Seven callings of a Christian. Called into grace. Woo! Grace. The word grace carries, which means acceptability, favor, giftings. That's the word grace. Grace is that thing that works in your life. It works on the inside. It cannot be seen, but the effect of it can be seen on the outside. When a man is grace, it's working in his spirit, but yet things around him are affected as grace. Every child of God has been called into a life of grace. Where grace functions for you, that thing is like a magical something that works in your spirit. It's not working on the outside. Get it. That's why when we minister to people, we impart grace into where? Into their spirits. When you lay hands. Okay, receive it in Jesus' name. That means the grace is impacted where? Inside. But the effect will be seen on the outside because it's going to work. The effect is going to be on the outside. It's called grace. And every child of God has been called into grace. And there are different levels of grace. Every child of God has grace. It's just that it, it has to be increased. The Bible talks about the first John. Uh, not first John, book of John chapter number one. John chapter number one. I am so graced. John chapter number one. Ooh, sixteenth verse. He says, And of his fullness have all we received. Have some we is that what you see there? Some of us no, it says all King James English, all we really all we received and grace for grace. We've all received of the fullness of Christ. When you came into Christ, you receive of his grace. He says grace for grace. That's why you can be favored as a child of God. Because grace is favor, it's favor, acceptability, accepted. You have favor with men because of grace. It's working in your spirit. You have favor with men. Some things just happen in your life. You can't understand it. You get into a place and they already clear the path for you to have a smooth journey. You know, to have a smooth time there. That's great. It's working. And then you can increase it. Galatians chapter number 1 verse 6 says, We are called unto grace. Let's quickly look at that. Galatians chapter number 1 verse 6 says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. 
Who called us unto the grace of Christ? God called us unto the grace of Christ. Okay. Number five. Seven callings of a Christian. Called. Oh, this one will make me shout. We've been called unto glory. Glory. Called to obtain glory. The word is doxa. It means honor, splendor, beauty. Uh, I always say this. When you see a rich born again, a man that is loaded with the Holy Spirit and is rich, and another fellow who is an unbeliever and is rich, if you're sensitive, when you come close, the wealth is always different. They may be rich at the same level with money. But this one's wealth usually has some touch of the presence of God. Even when you come into the house, their house, there's a kind of peace in the atmosphere. But when you come to the other guy's house, in the, in the realm of the spirit, things look disorganized. Because the beauty of the Lord is upon this one. The splendor of the Lord is working. Glory, glory, glory. Called to obtain glory. Alright, Second Thessalonians chapter number 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. Reading from the 14th verse. The 14th verse. Whereunto we called you by our gospel. You see how people are called into it. By the gospel, by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Excuse me, uh, excuse me. Uh, how many of you saw it? Did you see something there? There's something there that we saw now. Did you did you notice it? I want to show you again. Please pay attention. There's something there. Whereunto he called you by our gospel, and we said that means we are called through the gospel. Okay, to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. To the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, it doesn't say to the obtaining of glory from our Lord Jesus Christ. It says to the obtaining of the glory. The very glory is definite. T-H-E. Definite article. The, the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. That means Jesus Christ's glory. Now, that, that sounds big, but this is not only where he says it. So I can show you many other scriptures. That means, as a child of God, the glory you're supposed to function by is the glory of Jesus. Because you were called to obtain it. So when you were born again, you obtained Jesus' glory. You understand? It's like, my goodness, he gave it to me. Woo! He gave it to me. You obtain it. Not another kind of glory, not small part of his glory. His own. He gave it to you. You know what he did? He decorated you with it. Let's read more. Let's read more. First Peter chapter number five, verse ten. I will, I will come back to that other one now. Chapter number five, verse ten. He says, But the God of all grace, who had called us unto his 
Now, did you see this one is different? Who has called us unto, that means unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. He says God has called us unto his own eternal glory. But he did it by Christ Jesus. In other words, he used Jesus to bring us unto his eternal glory. But when we just read the other time said that we obtain Jesus' glory himself. This one says God called us into his own eternal glory. What is he talking about? He's talking about his eternal, uh, you know, as Christians, they say, pass on to glory. Our calling is to reign with him forever. To reign with his beauty, his splendor. You understand? His honor forever. But the other place says, we've obtained the glory of Jesus, the beauty of Jesus. First Thessalonians chapter number 2 verse 12. Oh God, this one is even another thing entirely. I don't want to. Oh, 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 oh. Now listen. Listen to this. Listen to this. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh. You hear that song? Almighty God, that is your name. You will never share your glory with anyone. You will never share your glory with anybody. Almighty God, that is ten, ten, ten. You are. You will never share his glory with anybody, not even me. The Bible says Jesus gave us His glory. It doesn't say He's sharing it with us. John chapter number seventeen. Listen, there are some songs that are constructed by human beings. We thought it's from God. When we start singing them, it sounds to us as though it dropped from heaven. It's somebody that constructed it. And you cannot give what you don't have. You can only construct based on your knowledge. What I just said now is in the Bible. We just read one. Now let me show you. Leave this place you were now. Let's go to John. Let's hear Jesus talk. John chapter 17. Oh boy. Uh, I want you to read from verse 20. Are you there now? I want you to follow it. Oh God, follow it. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. So Jesus was praying for his disciples. He says, I'm not praying just for these ones, but I'm praying for everyone else that will believe on me through their word. And these people have given us their word in the scriptures. Peter we just read from first Peter now. Peter is word, Paul is word, and the rest. So he says, through their word, that they also, these ones that we believe, they also may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have what? Given them. Is that Jesus lied? Now that didn't sound like a lie. What do you think? Jesus said, the glory that the Father has given him, he says he has given us. 
That's what we just read. That we've been called to obtain the glory of Jesus. Now Jesus says that glory. He told us how it happened. He says Jesus prayed to the Father and says, he's, "Now he's telling the Father that he has given them the glory that God gave him. The very glory that God gave Jesus, he gave it to us." So what? Are we sharing Jesus' glory with him? No, we are not. We have his very glory. We have his very glory. I know they, they try to talk about him. Um, I won't take the glory from God. They are trying to say maybe God does some work. So they are trying to say, I don't want to take that honor that I was the one that did it. That's something else. That's something else. And that's even another today's talk. I don't want to talk about that now. We're talking about God's beauty. God's splendor. He has given it to us. He has given it to us. In fact, the Bible says we are passed from trying to obtain glory, like from what God has. He says we have the very glory of Jesus, and we ourselves we are the glory of God. Oh, that's Christianity. That's Christianity. That's Christianity. The Bible says. When we look in the mirror and we see the reflection in that mirror, it says that's the glory of God. And when you look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see yourself? You see yourself there. And the Bible calls that yourself there, the glory of God. As we behold His glory, we are changed into the same thing. He calls us His glory. Ah. I would never, never, never be poor in my life. I would never, never be sick. I would never die like a chicken. I would never die like candle. I would never be disadvantaged. I would never be disfavored in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Not with this knowledge. Never. Never. In the name of Jesus. Never. I can only move from glory to glory, from grace to grace, from strength to strength. I increase on every side. I'm moving forward. I'm marching forward. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, expanding on every side. In the name of Jesus, my head is lifted. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Because I have the very glory of Jesus. Shame will never be my portion. In the mighty name of Jesus. I was called to obtain glory. And I've obtained it. The day we were born again, we obtained the glory of Jesus. And that's what I live by now. My life is full of glory. We read it the other time. It says, He that called us had glorified us. I've been glorified. Woo! Glory to God. There's no shame for me. I've been glorified. Uh, listen, somebody who saw you last two years, last three years, shouldn't see you now. Say, Why is your life like this? No! You should look at you and say, Wow, you have been glorified. Hallelujah. That's my life. They say, wow, things have really moved for you. Your life has gotten better. Because I've obtained the very glory of Jesus. We are forever grateful to him. Ah! Alright. Let's see. Let's rush now. Rush hour. We have two more to go. Call to inherit a blessing. First Peter chapter number 3 verse 9. We've been called to inherit a blessing. Called to inherit a blessing. First Peter chapter number chapter number three, verse nine. It says, "Not rendering evil for evil, 
or railing for railing, but contrariwise, blessing, knowing that he hath thereunto called that ye should inherit a blessing. Should is past tense, all right? Of Shah. You are called that you should inherit a blessing. That means we have inherited a blessing now. Book of um, Galatians, chapter number 3. Galatians chapter number 3, reading from verse 27. It is for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither born nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, if you belong to Christ, that's what we're saying, then are ye Abraham's seed. And as according to the promise. And the Bible calls that Abraham blessed. So if you are the seed of a blessed man, what do you think? You are the inheritor of the blessings. Did you get that? So we have been called to inherit the blessing. Do you know that God gave the blessings to Abraham? God gave the blessing to one man. And then the Bible says, but you are, if you are the seed of Abraham, because you see, we couldn't have been the seed of Abraham if not for Jesus. And the Bible says, God blessed Abraham and his seed. Who is that seed? Jesus. So if you are Christ, if you belong to Christ, then you are the seed of Abraham. That's what he says. That means the blessings belong to me. According to the scriptures, the whole world was willed to one man by the name Abraham. Go study it in the book of Genesis. Like you get a land, they give you the sea of O. Do you know that only one man has the sea of O of the whole world? To the whole world. His name is Abraham. How did he get it? By faith. One day God called him and said, come. He says, look to the right, to the left, to the north, to the south. As far as your eyes can see, I'll give to you. But the guy looked, he was smart enough not to look with these eyes. He decided to look with the eyes of faith. In these eyes of faith, his eyes covered the whole world. And when God saw that, God said, you have it. You have it. I saw that. You have it. Because he looked, because where he was standing from, he couldn't have seen the whole world. And so, God had to, because God cannot lie, God willed the whole world to one man by the name Abraham. And then, he seed that time. And the Bible says, if you belong to Christ, then you are the seed of Abraham. That's why you hear me say, the whole world is mine. The whole world is mine. The name of Jesus. Call to inherit a blessing. So the blessing is working in my life. Say it. Finally, Something greater than being called to inherit a blessing is called to be a blessing. That one is bigger, right? When God says you're called to inherit a blessing, that means he's giving you the blessing. Then, he does something bigger. He says, you yourself, I want you to be a blessing. Let's look at it. Genesis chapter number 12. Genesis chapter number 12. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham. Every time I read this scripture, I remember something that happened many years ago. 
when I was when I left the house, or rather when I was about to leave the house, after I left school, and I was with my parents, not knowing what to do next. I knew I had the calling, but I was not sure how to go about it. Where do I start? Do I start preaching from one place to another? Do I? How do I do it? That was back in Lagos. And then I had a prompting in my spirit to get alone to pray. But at home, they wouldn't let me do it. Because there was always distractions. One time, my mommy would come and call me. Another time, distractions. So one day, in the night, I knew God wanted to talk to me. Because I can't continue like this. I've tried to search job everywhere. God was not permitting me to get any. So I said, I need to be alone. Then one day I told my parents I'm going for a vigil. Not that there was any vigil holding particularly. So I left the house. Then I went to our church building. The windows were locked. Now, this was a new church to me because I had come back from school, so I, I wasn't used to it. But that was a branch of our church. The windows were locked, and I tried to open a window that was not well locked. It's as though God organized it for me. And then I jumped in through that window just to be alone with the Lord in the dark. I went to the altar. Was there at the altar praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And while I was there praying and praying, the Lord said, I want to show you something. Then he showed me this. He told me this. This was the word, exact words. This was the exact words. That's what I want to read to you now. So every time I come here, I remember how God called me really, officially. Let me show you. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. That was what God told me. He said, Now it's time to leave your parents' house and move. Because I asked him for the meaning. And that was the day I left home, never to return there. And the Lord says, And I will make of thee a great nation. So I know my future. And I will bless thee and make thy name great. So I know my future. This is my future right there. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. That's why our message will reach all the families of the earth. Because they have to be blessed of me. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. By the way. So he says, I'll make you a blessing. When God blesses you, he doesn't stop there. He tries to make you a blessing. That's the greater picture. When you are blessed and you are still happy, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. God is looking at this. Look at this one. That's not what I want to do. I want to make you a blessing. Because God, listen, whatever God makes you, so that you can use it to touch others and bless others. So we've been called to be a blessing in your world. Everywhere you find yourself, are you a blessing? Have you tried to win someone else to Christ? Have you touched someone else's life with your way of life? Somebody else could be inspired. That man is always prayerful. That woman is always praying. Ah, oh Lord, what am I doing with my life? Oh, he's quite gentle. He's a gentle person. What a Christian. Lord, what am I doing with my life? Oh, I'm inspired with the way he gives in church. What am I doing with my life? 
Oh, his diligence in the house of God is inspired. Inspiring. What am I doing with my life? You know, the Bible says we should provoke one another unto good works. You know, that's how you can be a blessing. Give to someone else. Extend your love to someone else. You are being a blessing. Invite someone else to church. You are being a blessing. Preach the gospel to someone else. You are being a blessing. Show someone else the word of God. You are being a blessing. You were called to be a blessing. There are those who have made others rich. They are a blessing. There are those who have put smiles on the faces of others. Because they are. Because they exist. Many people have smiled. They were tight. In their tight corner. And then you come in. And say what's the problem. Then you help that one come out. You lift her up and say come out of it. That's being a blessing. And that's what you were born to do. Been called to be a blessing. A blessing. That's my life in the name of Jesus. That others will be glad you came. They'll be glad you came on this thing. They'll be glad. They'll remember in their story, your name will be there. If not for so and so. Oh, God used them for me that day. God used that for me. Oh, thank God for him. Thank God for her. That means you have become a blessing, impacting lives, touching lives. What a life that is. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. This is your calling. You must fulfill it. You must be a blessing. And in 2021, you take it up and say, I'm going to be a blessing. Everyone you bring my way, I'm going to be a blessing to that one. Going to be before I had my car when I was in the bus and somebody preaches there, just know I, I, I will be the one to pay his transport fare or a transport fare. You can't go, you preach the gospel in the bus, either you are faking it or real. But the fact that you mentioned the name of Jesus in the same bus I am in, ah, I'm going to be the one to pay your transport. The moment I land like this, get down from it, either is alighting before me or I am before him. Once I, I pay the, the driver, please, for that woman. That's what, because that's the blessing. He was in the bus, he was preaching in the same bus I'm in. I have to pay his transport there. See, you have to learn to be smart about certain things. Because that gospel he preached there, when we get to heaven, either he make heaven or he doesn't. Me, I've registered my name. That thing we preached it together. Can he preach inside the same bus? I didn't preach, he was what I preached. Ah, I'll pay his transport fail. I made it happen. Glory to God. That's how to be smart. You said, do I know him? No! He mentioned the name of Jesus. And he talked to the people in the name of Jesus. I honor the name of Jesus. So I'm going to contribute to it. I'm not talking about those who come with and say, please come and help our church. Those ones are fake. That they will come to the door of the bus. He's not preaching the gospel. He came with envelope. He printed with the name of one church. Uh, Christ did not suffer for us ministries. <laughs> Nonsense. You see, and then I'll give it to them to say, uh, come and reveal, reveal, contribute. No, I don't give to such things. But you come and preach first. Preach the gospel to this. After you preach the gospel, you cannot say, if you want to support us, uh-huh. for the fact that you preach the gospel, I will support you. Glory to God. You make up your mind you're going to be a blessing to your neighbor, to your friends. To someone that comes away the first time, you are going to be a blessing to your words. You're going to be, you have the light of the world. That's what Jesus says. And in 2021, the best way to shine is to be a blessing. That's the best way to shine. It's our year of shining. And the best way to shine is to really, really be a blessing to someone else. 
Oh, just lift your hands and thank God and appreciate Him for His word. Appreciate Him for His word. Thank Him because you are a blessing. You are a blessing to your word. Give Him praise. Thank Him. Because these callings, you fulfill them with the help of the Holy Ghost. With the help of the Holy Ghost. Oh, Ziki. This message was produced by Supernatural Kingdom Church. To get more of our messages, call 0806-0087-643 or 0816-0114-389. Thank you and God bless you.